Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, they just did a good job. Um, they had a plan. They executed their plan. All, all the credit goes to those, those guys on, um, you know, on stopping the run. Last two times, you know, we had success and had a plan to make sure we didn't have that success, and that's what they did. Credit goes to those guys, and you know, they did, did a great job today for them to be able to win the game. Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough call. I'm good at this game. Not afraid to admit. I wasn't it. paying attention. You often are not paying attention. I'm not, man. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I was eating my Belvita breakfast things. Cut the check. Uh, Kuzgi, give me a little sample of that again, please. Yeah, they just did a good job. Um, they had a plan. Uh-huh. They executed their plan. All, all the credit goes to those guys. I got it. Um, uh, I got it. You got it? Yep. It was a losing team, right? I'm not going to say anything. This could be basketball. Hey, Coos, how we doing? Sorry. What was that? Hey. My ears are bleeding now. Thank you, man. <laughs> what just happened? I, uh, the, the computer, I clicked on a link to find something. I, I, was, I, I was having a struggle. What was that? Okay. Brent, you got him? No, I have no idea. Hey, Coos, Mike Tomlin. No way. That, that is not correct. Not even close, not huh? Yeah, there you go. There's the, there's the boo birds. No, that was uh, Derrick Henry. Ah, Derrick Henry. That, that's your boy, Brent. How embarrassing for you. That is embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's whatever. Like, I've heard him talk a couple times. I mean, if you, if you want me to talk about how to stop him on defense, so that's why I'm here. But, dude, you talk about him all the time. That's too bad. I thought that was such a vanilla conservative game plan again. I mean, they have the passing game to go over the top. You, didn't, I, I like committing to the run, and you don't want to get away with it. So you are. But Tennessee had a chance. Everybody was up at the line, man. I mean, you had a chance to beat them over the top. In fact, A.J. Brown, the first round. I mean, did Humphrey do that good a job on A.J. Brown? Did they adjust and give help, or did they just stop going A.J. Brown? I have no idea, man. Um Cause like you see AJ Brown, like that guy's gonna be special. I feel like Corey Davis. I don't know what Corey Davis. You know he's he's hot or cold. But AJ Brown, like you got to keep giving that guy the rock. Uh, listen, I understand it. It's one game for Arthur Smith, right? But by everyone saying that, I guess they talked to Arthur Smith after the game. The Jaguars that I'm saying in terms of an interview. I honestly hope the only reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars called Arthur Smith and conducted an interview was to say, hey. You better watch out next year because we're, because we're coming for you. Okay? Don't you have to be super careful of that, though? I mean, if you like a guy and he's a hot name, and for some reason he's requested by six different teams, he's, I think, the only guy that got six different interviews or requests. Good for him. Then you can't let one game Brent, sway your opinion. I'm, I mean, it's the Justin Fields effect, man. Well, first of you all, did that on Justin Fields in Indiana. <laughs> did it again on Northwestern. And, and so now all of a sudden, now we're, now we're debating whether he's the number one pick no, against sir, Trevor Lawrence. Who, who's we? That's you, man. You know where I stand. I'm on Team Trevor all day. That's on you, you, the whole Fields thing. I'll take Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Put it in the book right now. But all I'm saying, Brent, and listen, I'm not just judging by one game. I've said before, I'm not the biggest Arthur Smith type of guy, but I'm just saying, I hope the only reason why Shad Khan Zoom called him, because he didn't, he did, he did not earn an interview on in the, in the, in the, in the Kazmet or whatever, on the Kazmet. He Kismet. did not enter, <laughs> Kismet, sorry. He, he did not enter, he did not earn that. So you're getting a Zoom call, and I hope Shad Khan went, hey, saw that game, we're coming for you. Click, and that's it. That's how I hope it went down.
Yeah, once this Bitcoin comes in big and I buy the kismet from Shot Khan, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take you on it. What about, hey, what about when Ian Rappaport was uh, speculating to Urban Meyer met on Shad Khan's boat? He called it a he boat. He called it a boat. Hey, it's a Ian, $200 million boat. Have a little class. I'm not sure what your paychecks are looking like, but you should know what a, the difference between a boat and a yacht is. Listen, my neighbor has a boat. Yes. Shad Khan has a yacht. Yes, sir. Show him a little respect. See, this is what I'm talking about. Nobody respects the Jacksonville Jaguars. If it was Jerry Jones, it would have been the yacht. Hey, I got to go do TV hit on CBS 47 and Fox 30. What a segue we got coming up. What do you want so, me to talk about? I want you to talk about this. Why everybody, why are, why are we excited about Urban Meyer? Because I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I looked up his record today. His winning percentage is third all time behind Newt Rockney and Frank Leahy from Notre Dame. That was back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, man. Are those it, politicians or coaches? It's third all time. Okay. In the history of the game. His yeah. bowl record is 12 and 3. Second all time. That's why people are excited about Urban Meyer. Couple him with the best winner ever in college football and Trevor Lawrence from the quarterback position. You got two of the biggest winners ever in college. Take well, it away. Yeah, you know what? And I'm going to one up you here, Brent. Yes, I agree with all those stats, and those are great stats. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I love the game of football. Never heard of any of those coaches. I guess I got to do some more homework, and I got to relive my past a little bit and relive my history. But with that being said, I think why people are so enamored with the possibility of Urban Meyer coming to Jacksonville is because, for, well, I guess for the second time now, it seems like in the past year, Jacksonville Jaguars fans can go, we're number one. Now, what do I mean by that? Obviously, with Trevor Lawrence coming to town, or we can assume, I hope so, but obviously Trevor Lawrence coming into town right now, like, that's the Jaguars getting the, hey, guess what? We're getting the top pick in the draft. Like, this is a positive. Through all the crap that we had to crawl through, it's almost like Shawshank Redemption at the end. When Andy Dufresne's got to crawl through that sewer, and it's like, is he going to get it? Is he going to make it? And then all of a sudden, the, the rain at the end, when he's walking out of that sewer, and the rain hits him in the face, and he's a free man, and he's got his arms out, and it's that's like the like the whole movie cover of the, of the VHS tape. That's the moment, right? And this is the moment right now. Like, Trevor Lawrence is the rain to wash away all the crap. But Urban Meyer is like... A sandwich after that rain. Like, you're hungry. You just crawled through a bunch of crap. Go get yourself a good sandwich. Go to pubs. Publix, get a pub sub. Hey, Publix, cut the check. But with that being said, Urban Meyer gives you the intrigue because nobody else can get him. Or at least we've been led to believe. Like, this is another time in Jaguars history where it's like maybe you do have the most attractive job. Maybe you are a step ahead of everybody else. Right, Because you don't hear Urban Meyer interviewing anybody else. Yes, you hear the Chargers rumblings and the rumors, but that's all they are right now until I see some kind of concrete evidence. Until I see Ian Rappaport or or Dilla tweeting it, I'm not going to buy into it. So Urban Meyer right now is on the Jacksonville radar, and he's the only guy that's really on the radar, let's just say. So if the Jaguars get him, that goes to show you that this job was coveted, and that's another thing that Jaguars fans can point at and say, you know what, look what we got now. We got the guy that nobody else could get. We got Urban Meyer. Now, that comes with some kind of caveats, right? And I've said those caveats before. 
just because you're getting Urban Meyer doesn't mean he's going to be a miracle worker, right? There is some baggage that comes with Urban Meyer, right? There are some other things. He's never coached in the NFL before. So I'm not saying it's a foolproof plan, just like a lot of these coaches, it's probably not a foolproof plan. But I'm just saying, if you are able to get Urban Meyer, that's another way, if you're a Jaguars fan, to go, look it. Look what we got that nobody else could get. And that's why I feel like more than anything, and even though he is the ultimate boomer, boomer bust type of coach, I feel like, but that's why people are enamored with him, because they like to point their finger and go, look what we got. Brent, you back here? I see you in the video screen. I'm not sure if he's actually back, though, or not. No, he's not back? Okay, the, the, the Twitter feed just totally psyched me out for no reason. Okay, so with that being said, we'll just... I moved it over. There you go. How about that? Yeah, you did. No, it's all good. So with that being said, we'll see on the Urban Meyer front. You know how I feel about it. I feel like if you're that hell-bent on winning and making a name for yourself, then you need to get your ducks in a row as soon as possible, get in that stadium, start watching that college film, and start getting to work. I think that if we don't hear something either tonight or tomorrow morning then there's going to be a little red flag. Like, I still think Urban Meyer is going to be the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe he wants to be respectful to Ohio State, whatever the reason may be. But if we don't hear something tonight or tomorrow morning, I'm going to start having some skeptical eyes going on. i be like, okay, um, what was that plan B again? And we talked about it before a little bit to open the show. I mean, the plan B... I don't know. If people are saying the enemy is a bad interviewee or whatever, so be it. I'll be honest with you. I suck at taking the ACT, but I think I'm smarter than an 18 on the ACT. I think I'm smarter than that. Like some people are just maybe bad at taking interviews. But we had Maurice Jones Drew on this show, right? You, you hear what other players say about him, past teammates, or I'm sorry, past uh, players and current players. Like they swear by Eric Bienemy. Now, I'm not sure what type of questions are being asked in these interviews, and I'm not sure just how strenuous they truly are. Um, and I'm not sure if he just rubbed you know, people in Jacksonville the wrong way, if this is kind of an, an ongoing thing. It would maybe make a little sense, because why hasn't he had a job yet? Like, if Eric Bieniemy goes back to be the coordinator uh, next season at the Kansas City Chiefs, well, then, yes, there's something else. Like, there's something up with Eric Bieniemy. But with that being said... I'm not going to fault the guy for maybe a bad interview if he can coach football. Just like I'm not going to fault the player wholeheartedly if he's kind of bad on the board at the combine. I'm going to go on the tape and say, well, this kid's special on the film. All right, now we'll teach him the football stuff, but he's special on the film. When I watch the Kansas City Chiefs offense, it's special. Now, whether the enemy's got all his input on that, 25%, 50%, he's around that. So I'm not sure just exactly how bad these interviews are going, but I'm just saying look at the, also the resume in terms of his coaching and what his players say about him and then address it from there. Yeah, and Austin, I, I think that's an interesting point. And I said this over the weekend. How hard is it for these guys in the middle of a playoff run, in the middle of their seasons when they're worried about their team? And they're not necessarily being selfish and worried about their next step because they're all in on trying to win a Super Bowl when you have a team like Kansas City. And I understand they had a bye week. But still, how difficult is that to prep and interview well? I mean, Arthur Smith, the disappointment of yesterday's game, mm-hmm. their offense failed. And last night he had an interview with the Jaguars. Like, I, 
I, I have a hard time, like, computing that, you know? Like, I'm not necessarily this guy that thinks you need 12, 15 hours of sleep to interview nice no. the next day. But <laughs> I think you got to be in the right frame of mind. Like, how could you even be thinking about the Jags interview I couldn't before imagine. last yesterday at 530? Like, I, I, I don't even know how you could even prep for it. Yeah. Now, again, there's it's not like there are 24 hours in a day. These guys aren't consumed day, as much as they want to like make you believe they are. So I'm not saying there hasn't been work done by Arthur Smith and all these other candidates in the past to be ready, have their portfolios ready, their binder ready, their plan ready. They've got that. But what I'm saying is, how are you supposed to be sharp this mm-hmm. time of year for these guys? I get it. it it's, it's part of it. But I can easily see why guys would interview poorly is, is what I'm getting at here. Well, and that's exactly right, Brent, right? Like which We talked about... Um why am I spacing out his name now? Uh, the, the the guy in Dallas, the head coach. Hello, uh, Mike McCarthy. Yes. Like yes. We talk about Mike McCarthy. I'm, like, I'm sure he interviewed well. Do you know why? Because he's had how long to think about it. He's, he's had how long to go after it because he wasn't coaching. Like, you know, the, the whole thing came out about the analytics and all that stuff. Like, Mike McCarthy was tailor-made, I'm sure, to dominate the interviewing process. When you have guys like Biennemi or, or, you know, Dable or whoever, like, listen – it's playoff football. There's a lot that goes into it. Like, yes, the physicality part is taken back a little bit. But in terms of game planning, in terms of making sure that everything's in line to be successful, I can't imagine. And then I can't imagine calling a, a pretty subpar game or maybe below average game if I'm Arthur Smith. And then, oh, by the way, a couple hours later, you can't even decompress. Here's Shad Khan. Let's talk Jaguars. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it is crazy. And and now, and, and like you said, Mike McCarthy's been out of the game for a bit. Urban Meyer. It's the same boat, right? True, I mean, true. Uh, or it's the same kismet, same yacht, same whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he's been out That's of it. Like, he's got he's to worry about talking about the national championship game. All right, he can do that in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, and, and believe me, this is such a different interview process, I would say, with Urban Meyer. Don't you think it's more Urban Meyer interviewing Shad? <laughs> you know, like, hey, what are you going to give me? We need this. Can we do this? What's the fa- We talked on Friday about facilities. Hey, man, these facilities, we've got to get them better. Can we do that? Yeah. What's the timeline for that? You know, and all those things go into Urban Meyer, much as like Shad Khan's questioning Urban Meyer about health and commitment and are you all in and all this stuff, I think Urban Meyer is probably asking those same questions on the other side, like, all right, does our time frames match, right? Can can we get all the stuff we need from A to Z in order to win big in the next couple of years? And and because you know if Urban Meyer comes in, you got a window to win. I, I still believe this guy's probably going to stick around longer than others believe, yeah. but I still think there's a window. I mean, Urban Meyer's not here to lose 12 games in his first year. He's not here to go 8-8 eight and eight in his second year and, and maybe make the playoffs in his third year. It's not that kind of build. you got the number one pick. You have a franchise-changing quarterback. You have a ton of money. you got a guy who's who just wins. But to, oh. <laughs> I'm talking like he's already the coach. I'm just saying, it, it, in this scenario, it's totally different than if you hired Arthur Smith, the enemy, Salah. Like, these are more... Uh, builds and I hate I know everybody around here hates that word but it's a little bit more of a longer term look I think if you get any of those guys it's a hey let's go after this thing if you get an Urban Meyer and I think that's why people get excited about Meyer yeah and definitely you know with Urban Meyer more than any other interviewee right now like yes one could think that Urban Meyer was the guy that was actually running that interview right like he was like Mr. Khan we need this we need this we need this we need this and Knowing the situation right now, I would say that Chad Khan was more than happy to be like, okay, we, we'll see what we can do, but we can definitely, you know, uh, cater to what you need, um, and hopefully you can become the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, so be it. 
in retrospect, maybe that's the best way to go about things right now. Maybe that's the best thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because we've had Shad Khan say he's going to be more hands-on, and that's great. Any owner should be more hands-on, right? But if you go in a direction like an Arthur Smith or a Biennemi, like it's still going to be the Shad Khan show featuring Biennemi or Arthur Smith, I think. I think if you go after Urban Meyer, it's going to be the Urban Meyer show. And I'm not, not going to say that Shad Khan's taking a step back. I don't see that either. But I just think that he's going to give the keys to Urban Meyer and say, all right, man, I have full faith in you. Let's see what you got. And maybe that's what this franchise needs right now more than anything. Yeah, and I think it kind of does, and, and that could equate to a flush. But I do think the owner still has to be ear to the ground because I think he did that with Coughlin. His ear wasn't to the ground maybe as much, and mm. all of a sudden you look up and Yannick Ngakwe is given a take-it-or-leave-it deal, and you're like, wait a minute, what do you mean take-it-or-leave-it? Yeah, that guy's 24, he's second all-time in franchise sex. <laughs> Don't just tell him to walk away. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> you know? sure, for sure. I mean, so I, I think you got to be a little careful of that. I just tweeted something, and I looked this up earlier today because, you know, we're doing a little work just in case on Urban Meyer, and I know we're getting carried away. Forgive us for getting carried away with the Urban Meyer stuff, but here's my feeling on Urban Meyer. I think it's fun right now for everybody in town. I, I think it's a, it's a great topic and a what if and, and all this stuff. Yeah. I like it, okay? I, I like the concept of it. I like the idea of it. I think he is the front runner for the position. I'm not convinced he's going to get back into coaching, if I'm being honest. And so I really believe this might be the last day we're talking about Urban Meyer. <laughs> because so we're we trying to get it in. Yeah, well, kind of. But yeah. as I continue to do more work just in case, and I told you earlier in the show, if you're just catching up with us here in the 5 o'clock hour, I said if you had asked me Thursday or Friday, I said, I don't think he's taking the job. I, I think he's going to pull out of this thing. I, I just think the family stuff, the health stuff, you heard Dave Holmes on from Columbus, that is real. Like, people want to say how he left Florida and Ohio State, but it's real. It's not a joke. Like, his yeah. health is a real thing. And so I, be- I believed Thursday, Friday, I'm like, listen, he did this dance with Texas a little bit. I know he wants in. It's probably a little bit of his ego that wants back on the sideline. He thinks he can do it, but that family is a strong tie here to say, hey, man, this isn't smart. And, And so I'm thinking that way all the way up until about Friday morning. Well, once he's meeting with Shad Khan on Friday, he has yet to, after that, on Saturday, Sunday, now Monday, to say, hey, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. He has yet to do that, or at least reportedly, right? I mean, and I think that would be out by now if he had done that. Uh, I believe more and more now that he's going to be the guy. Like, I really do. Like, now, I told you earlier in the show, ask me Thursday, Friday, I said, I don't think it's going to happen. Put $1,000 on it right now, I'd say, yeah, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> so that's how my mind has changed up with the timeline and the days go by. But I just tweeted out, and this is in, in my a little bit of research more th- this morning on Urban. You just can't get over what I told you before I just went on TV, and that was third all-time, Austin, in winning percentage. I mean, he's got 187 wins and 32 losses Mm -hmm. in college football. That's third all-time. Again, you have to go back to Newt Rockney and Frank Leahy, and those guys were before 1950 for Notre Dame, and their sample wasn't even that big to get a better win percentage. This guy's 12-3 and three in bowl games. That's a second all-time percentage in bowl games. He is like 27-2 and two or 3 or something against his rivals, and I don't know if that adds up in, in the NFL as much, but... I like him beating the rest of the AFC South the way he beat Georgia when he was at Florida and Michigan when he's at Ohio State. And and so you add all that up and you say, my gosh, you could get potentially, let's just for at least another few hours, another day, envision the fact that you could get one of the greatest winners of all time in college coaching and marry that with 
the greatest winner of all time at the quarterback position in college football. And you have those two guys come to an organization where wins have been foreign. And I'll take my chances. Yeah. I'll take my chances. I mean, that – and I'm trying to get to the root of why people might be excited about this. And isn't that it? I mean, you've got a guy that has proven to win national championships at the highest college level and a guy that's proven to win, win, win in the biggest games and, and as a freshman a national championship at the toughest position to play in sports in a position this organization so badly needs and now is in line to get a guy that might be a generational player. Yeah. And you get to marry that together. And that's where I think you can't really overstate, and that's reason for excitement in Jacksonville. And, and, and it's real. And I feel it on social media. We feel it and see it on the show when we talk about it. Um, that is a big thing. And, and, but I think that's the root of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, 11 out of 12 years of losing, and losing like a lot, it, it's, it's been bad. It's been tough. People have hung in there, but it's been bad. 2017 gave us such a taste around here of what it could be. And so with those guys, even though they haven't proven it in the NFL, I'm going to take my chances with guys that hardly ever have lost in their life being in Jacksonville. Well, I'll tell you what, Brent. I'm excited to go to AEW and represent the Action Sports Jacks brand because when Tony Khan brings out Urban Meyer on Dynamite to announce that he's a new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to be there, camera, microphone, ready to go. I haven't got to this yet because I just had to talk more about Urban Meyer. Why not, right? Um are we missing anybody? Are, are we missing? Is there a sleeper? Like, it doesn't always happen that we hear every report. And I believe, and you probably believe, and I think we all kind of subtly believe, that Shad Khan knew that there could be a change coming in his coaching situation, quite frankly, for the last 15 months. Yeah. Did he look at somebody else? Has he vetted others? Has, has, has there been conversations with others? Are we missing anybody just because we've only heard... The enemy, Meyer, Morris, Sala, and Smith. Let's talk about it and and see what maybe could be out there that we haven't heard about next on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. But, man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit, like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played Madden in, like, ten years. Sorry, uh, we, sorry we let you down there. Uh, that was a major letdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Or for you know fans to be allowed to experience that with this team, it would have been a shame if we couldn't do that. And I know there's only 6,700, but that's more than zero. So uh, I'm super excited for you know the fan base here, and I don't really under I, I don't think guys really understand the meaning and the impact of you know winning a playoff game for this franchise. Uh, but at the same time, I think we're not in tune to that because we want to win more. You know, one's one's not good enough for us. We got to go find out a good way to put our best foot forward this week and try to go execute next week. Whomever we may play. That that is Josh Allen. Yep. The Buffalo Bills are a nice story. I love the Cleveland Browns story. Tampa Bay Bucks all ending big droughts. I think it's 18 years for the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks feel like a little bit different of a story because when I got Tom Brady, it's like, well, you better win a playoff game. <laughs> you know, I mean, the way that thing's built. Well, and you're also playing Washington, so yeah, and, well, that was a fun game, a gutsy effort by Washington. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like you know, you know what Washington had the feel of for me, and this does not happen in the NFL very often, but it felt like. Florida losing by one score to Alabama. 
in the SEC championship game. Really? Okay. Well, it was just to the point that, listen, Alabama was up 35-17. Alabama's been Alabama. Is Florida yeah, yeah. really there yet? And, and even Gator fan, they don't want to admit it, but they took a moral victory out of that game, like no doubt, like you could tell. And I get the sense, like, Washington was playing with house money, and I mean, they're playing with Taylor Heineke, man. And they're playing against Tom Brady and a Bucks team that was pretty hot coming in. And so I kind of feel like I don't know how much disappointment. I'm not saying it's a moral victory, but how much disappointment can Washington really have? They were seven and nine. They won the NFC East at seven and nine, mm-hmm. and they put a heck of an effort together. You know, they gave themselves a chance. Uh, so I, I think it was a great building block for Ron Rivera and Washington. And overall, even at seven and nine, this is one heck of a year. Uh, for the Washington football team. Well, that and obviously Taylor Heineke, too, kind of making a name for himself yeah, a little was, bit. I mean, that was great. Hey, Heineken beer, let's go. You know? Hey, b- by the way, okay, just to Taylor Heineke is another example. John Wolford coming in. Yeah. Um, did we see anybody else? Did I miss? Who else? Uh, did anybody else come in off the bench this week? Maybe it was just Heineke and, and obviously what Wolford has done now back to golf. But those guys are great examples of what I've said over the last month and this was before the Trevor Lawrence talk, where I think the quarterbacks are so much better in, in mass than ever before. Mm. Like, the, there's not as many bad quarterbacks. Like you used to be, I told Ty this, I said, 15 years ago, if you're a backup QB and you come in in that situation, you basically can't even run the playbook. Yeah. You know, like it's like, well, this. I mean, we got to be really conservative. You got to do handoff. We got to do this. We got to play in a box. All this stuff. Not anymore. I mean, these guys come in and heck, you can make the case. Johnny Wolford. They were talking in L.A. that that's why he got the next start. I think is because their offense actually evolved under Wolford. You know, it looked better than it looked under Golf. Yeah. Heineke. I'm not saying he was better than Alex Smith, but I'm just saying he did an admirable job. He could run their stuff. He he. He gave them a chance, and it just it shows to me, and it's part of the reason I think this quarterback class is going to be really good and have a lot of success in the NFL. I just think it's harder to be a bust at the QB level, and I think the depth at the QB spot is better than it's ever been at all levels of play, but especially in the NFL. Well, it's harder to be a bust, too, especially now with the modern NFL offense where anytime you can take off and run, so be it, right? I mean, that's what kind of Taylor Heineke got his confidence from a little bit, Um, and the same thing with uh, John Warford as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's... um, it's one of those things where if you have the team around them, right, and all of a sudden for whatever reason an injury happens and you substitute that guy in, you still have a great shot at winning. And let's be honest, both those situations, I think with with Wolford even more, though, obviously you, you play in a Sean McVay system that has some pretty good offensive weapons. You have Cam Akers being able to tote the rock a little bit. And with, with Heineke's perspective, like you have a, a decent defense who kind of bent a little bit too much uh, this past weekend, but you have a defense to have your back and also some pretty good weapons at your disposal. So if you take care of your quarterback and that backup comes in, you don't really miss that much. Yeah, uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here, about a half hour to go on a Monday. We continue to watch the Urban Meyer front, the head coaching front of the Jags. Talk a little national championship in a moment, too, uh, before we end up here tonight as we uh, will have the national championship game right here on ESPN 690 at 7 o'clock, Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, all right, I had this question most of the show, and let's get to it. Uh, we've, we've seen five names that have talked to the Jags. I believe, like, the coaching search for us that cover it is like an investigation. you got to turn up every rock, 
right? Sure. And you're going to be like, all right, who else is out there? What, what could they be? Before they fired Doug Marone, we mentioned a ton of names. Now, since the reports are out, there's like five names. I don't fully believe that there's just five names the Jags have talked to. And by the way, I'm totally, uh, full disclosure here, I've not heard anything different. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't believe it. Like, I believe they maybe have interviewed another guy we don't know about. They may have interviewed somebody today that hadn't been reported. It may have been hush-hush, whatever it might be. I don't know if you believe that, Austin. And, like, I'll give you an example. I still think they talked or should talk or have talked or will talk to, like, Marvin Lewis. Mm. Uh, I, I think the guy did it in Cincinnati. I I think he kind of knows what it takes. Um, his coaching tree is one that's favorable. I think it's people that uh, Shad Khan has leaned on before. I believe he's – I'm 99% sure he's talked to Bill Cower in the past about – what they should do so from an advisory role, and he comes from the Bill Cowher tree. So whether it's been a formal interview or an informal conversation, I believe like Marvin Lewis is somebody they've at least had a discussion with his representatives or him at some point in this process. So that's what I'm getting at. Do you think there's somebody out there that we're missing, we're not hearing about, nobody's been reported, they've been able to keep it quiet, <sighs> and, and if, if so, would there be a name out there? I'll give you another example. We, the GM stuff has totally died down. Yeah. But we, remember we did this uh, months ago, and I said, at the very least, Shad Khan should have d- lunch with Theo Epstein. He sh- I'm not saying they should hire him, Brent? but he should have lunch with Theo Careful Epstein. Careful now. So would there any, I mean, totally outside the box, just, just to check a box, could he have had lunch with Theo Epstein, and we wouldn't know about it. I think there's certainly a chance at that. Um, again, I want to make sure if you're just jumping in, I'd have no information on this. I'm, I'm not uh, saying that's what I've learned. Uh, this is just throwing out there, who are we missing? Because I just firmly don't believe that it's just Robert Sala, Urban Meyer, Raheem Morris, Eric Bieniemy, and Arthur Smith. I, I just I, I don't believe that. I think there's more that they vetted. Listen, all I'm going to say is if Shad Khan's having lunch with Theo Epstein, then we're due for a call. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right? We we should be getting calls before Theo Epstein gets calls. It's just how I feel about it. Really? You, yes. Ah, come on. I don't Why? I don't agree with you. I think Why? he should. I, I told you months ago, I think he should have lunch with Theo Epstein. Epstein's a guy who turned around the Red Sox and the Cubs. People will say, well, yeah, he, he was already there. It's baseball, when, though. You know, you know? I, I understand it's it. Baseball, so what, it's though, the right? inner work. Why wouldn't you, if you're an owner, though, why wouldn't you study other places of work, other sports organizations that have been able to reach the pinnacle? I think you should do that. Um, no, because it's baseball. It's, it's it's different. I mean, it's, it's different. I, sure, there are differences, I mean, but I bet there are similarities. Sure, Brent, and then we can go talk to some premier soccer leagues and get their head guy over here and talk to him as well, because well, Sean Khan's got those connections. Well, listen, but, analytics has crept into the uh, NFL in a yeah, big-time way. And, 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 you, how, and how is that being received right now in the world of the NFL? Well, Twitter doesn't like it, but you know what? The Houston Astros won big because of it. You don't think people talk to the Houston Astros about it? I think they did. How How is the world of analytics right now being received? It's not on Twitter, but the world of football in general. Like how how are the Colts feeling right now about analytics? Um, probably just as bad as Mike Twitter. Tomlin or I mean, sorry, Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Did you see by the way? Did you see that stat? It was something like in the game situation they were in, in the previous seventy six times, the team has gone for it seventy five times. Yeah. The only time they didn't go for it was Vrabel the other day. Yeah. So maybe he should have used analytics as the point. <laughs> I got you. All right, so anybody, answer, you gotta, yeah, just give me a question. sleeper. Give me a sleeper. It's a good question. Um, listen. That's what I do. Eh, it's sometimes. You know, I think if we're talking about this question, we have to talk about outside the box. 
I don't necessarily think Marvin Lewis is really outside the box. Now, he's intriguing, you know, because he's got the resume. If I'm going outside the box with this answer, I'm going with a guy who's been known in circles for the past year about eventually being a very highly coveted head coaching candidate, but not quite yet. And you wonder if the Jacksonville Jaguars are taking it upon themselves to go, you know what? We got Trevor Lawrence coming in. We need someone to work with him. This is a very young team. Let's get some young energy in terms of the coaching as well. Joe Brady. Okay. Okay. I because, can go. That's be, good. That's because good. I feel like he's been out for a while now because obviously the Panthers didn't go to the playoffs. So yep. if you're going to interview somebody like that, he's readily available. So that's my sleeper, I guess. Okay. That's good. That's, that's exactly what I was looking for. And by you. the way, we have no idea. We're just kind of throwing out a name. Yeah, and Joe Brady, Joe Brady has interviewed with other people. I think the Jets maybe, and it might even be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget exactly where. But I find it interesting that different guys people have interviewed, like Aaron Glenn. You brought his name up before. I think yeah. he interviewed with the Jets. There's a little bit of a tie there that makes some sense. But I find, like, when everybody's interviewing Arthur Smith, okay, that's easy. Everybody's interviewing Robert Sala. I get it. Be enemy. But where other people reaching? Like, the Jags are going after Urban Meyer. Nobody else seems to be going after Urban Meyer. Uh, so I, I kind of like that outside-the-box uh, process. It doesn't mean you have to hire that guy, but I do like the idea of looking outside the box. At the very least. All right, when we come back, national championship, give me one thing. And I do want you to answer my question from earlier in the show. Who has the most dominant unit in the NFL playoffs, offensively, defensively? Is it the Rams on defense, the Chiefs on offense, the Bills on offense? Anybody we're missing? We'll go there when we come back here on a Monday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. hard to compare teams. You, know, you always want your team to have great togetherness and be positive in their work and uh, what they try to do to accomplish uh, the goals that they have. And uh, People have to be responsible for their own self-determination so they can go out there and do their job at a high level. And uh, I think those things probably are similar with all these teams, but uh, the personality of this team has been really good all year in terms of their buy-in and uh, how they've tried to establish those qualities that make them a good team um, and you know I'm very proud of what this group has been able to accomplish and uh, what they've done to this point to create this opportunity for themselves I know who that is that's Nick Saban got any more brain busters Coos? playing the national championship tonight yes sir against Ohio State uh, Alabama nine point favorite the lines moved and uh, it's in South wow. Florida. You can hear the game uh, on ESPN 690, by the way. Coverage starts at 7 o'clock, so make sure you tune into that if you're uh, not in front of a television. Not that I was looking, but the over-under is at 75. 75. Wow. Oh, man. Now, keep in mind, I think Alabama averages 48.9 a game, and they've won by an average of, like, 29 points a game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they, Ohio they State can, be, can score. Yeah. What would you do there? Over or under? 75. I'd go under all day. Would you? Yeah, I think when you typically have these type of games, especially a championship where it's going to be supposedly high scoring, um, both defenses come out and slow the ball down a little bit. So I would take the under for sure. Yeah, I kind of lean that way. Who's you listening to that? <laughs> I was gonna take Ohio State listening? plus nine and the over. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know if I w- I don't know if I would tell anybody to take the under. <laughs> I'm just saying if yeah. I was doing it, I- I'd stay away from it probably because <laughs> it's dangerous. It's a dangerous one. Yeah. Uh, do you like Alabama? I mean, is it yeah. easy? I mean, Ohio State. 
I'll tell you, Ohio State has the horses. Field's going to have to play an excellent game. They, are, they, they have to be super motivated uh, because they're a big underdog. It just feels like Alabama's Alabama. And it feels like a perfect season for Bama. It does, uh, just because Alabama can beat you anyway. You know, I mean, if you want to make a, you know, a barn burner and go toe-to-toe with them, they have obviously the weapons to do that. I think, is Waddle going to play, Brent? Do we know that yet or I, not? I haven't heard that haven't yet. Heard that, I, yeah. know the, I know they say game time decision, sure, but sure I, I haven't heard like the latest reports on okay. Waddle. And then listen, if you want to slow the game down, we got Najee Harris, who's one of the best backs in the league. I just think that whatever Ohio State tries to do against Alabama, Alabama can do that better. But, you know, like, listen, I thought that Clemson was going to curb stomp Ohio State, too, and I know we're talking about Ohio State-Alabama, the championship game. So anything can happen. Um, you know, Justin Fields can make a lot of money tonight, I feel like, even though he's already made a bunch um, in terms of draft capital. But I just think Alabama's way too much. You know what's really interesting is, see, I, I, I understand what you're saying about Fields. I don't really think he can help his stock much tonight. Do, do you think he's I, going number two regardless? Well, I think he has a chance to hurt his stock because okay. because this is the way we work, all right? This is the way we are, and it's unfair to the kid. But he's not going higher than number two. Well, and right, yeah. right now, I think he's the number two pick. I think he proved that the other day. I think he got the momentum back, right, to be the number two pick. Because remember, he was the number two pick going into the season. Up until the Indiana game, he was definitely the number two pick. Even before the Northwestern game, I still thought he was the number two pick. Well, coming out of the Northwestern game, I'm like, okay, now let's keep an eye on Zach Wilson. Let's go do a little work here. Uh, and that's just not me. I, I think that was kind of the, the wave, the narrative. And... Then he got it all back, and now he's the number two pick again. It's like, look at that performance. Everybody's going to point to that performance. But, yeah. but if he like, he can have another one of those performances, and he's still not coming to Jacksonville. Is my point. If he if he has a three interception game, if he has a Northwestern kind of game, I think then you could say, hey, now three of his last four games have been just okay. Like mm-hmm. you got to really do a deep dive on this, Zach Wilson. I think those conversations, especially with the Jets who have Sam Darnold, I think that would come into play more. I I, I don't really think he can do. Well, I shouldn't say he's definitely the second pick because who knows what the Jets will do. But he's the second quarterback off the board, in my opinion, no well, doubt right now. Yeah. I, I think if he has a bad game, Austin, I think he could hurt his stock a little bit, though. Well, see, and the reason why I'm saying he can make some money tonight is does New York take him at number two then? Like, are they happy with Sam Darnold, give him another year, maybe build, uh, get that offensive lineman from Oregon? Or do they take Fields? I just feel like if yeah. Fields comes out, beats Alabama, has the game of his life tonight, which is going to say something compared to the Clemson game um, last week, but if he comes out and dominates, it's almost like to, if you're New York, like it's too good to pass up. But you, you can't yeah. afford not to draft the guy. That's what I'm saying. Where he can make some money. Now you're you're right. You could yeah. be compelled to take him, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if I just believe a new coach going into this situation, I think he's going to want his own quarterback. Yeah. If he's got the number two pick and a guy that might be a franchise quarterback might be better than Sam Darnold, even if you can groom Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go to Justin Fields and start over. Yeah, uh, and it and it buys me a little bit of a honeymoon period too if you do it that way. So, um, all right. Uh, earlier in the show, I asked the dominant, most dominant unit in in the playoffs right now. Yeah, is it the Rams? Is it the Chiefs? Is it the Bills? Am I missing somebody? Listen, I'm still going the Kansas City Chiefs offense just because if you take Aaron Donald away from that defensive line, um, they're not the same. But if you take Tyreek Hill, you still got Travis Kelsey, you still got Sammy Watkins, you still got Miko Hardman. Like they're just they're so deep with offensive talent that I think that they trump all. So I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, I, I'm not going defense here either. I probably am I'm stretching it to bring the Bills into play. Sure. But I'm telling you, man, 
The Bills, I thought, struggled a bit, bit, still scored 27 and made some huge plays, and I love their play calling. The difference between me, the Bills, in my opinion, and say, like, the Titans and even the Colts, first down and goal from the nine-yard line, the Bills go play action. Everybody else goes yeah. run for two yards, yeah. and, and they go play action. Like, I love it. I, I, I just think they're aggressive in those situations, and... I mean, Mahomes, if you go back and look at the last few games, you could wonder if he's going to even be rusty in this next playoff game. So I think that's fair. Uh, give me one thing from the weekend. You got anything? Yeah, man, I got one thing. Finish Queen's Gambit. Mwah. Chef's oh. kiss. Hey, Netflix, no need to make a season two. I, I get you want to get your grubby paws, your greedy paws over that and make a season two. You don't need to. It ended perfectly. It was a great show. Just leave it alone I, and let it marinate. I blame that show for the uh, Rubik's Cube show that's apparently coming. Oh, oh that's I bet gross. it is. I'm not watching I wonder that. if Stuart Weber's going to be in that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I give you my give me one thing is um, I was going to go River City Rumble. It was a great couple yeah, of games in yeah, a split. Yeah. Jay, you got one. UNF got one. But I'm going to go Saturday, I think, was like the laziest day of my life. <laughs> like actually in my life. Like I did not, and like when you're healthy and lazy. Yeah. Like I've had lazy days when I'm sick. Yeah, yeah. But I was healthy, and I just watched football all day and did like absolutely nothing. Good for you, man. Had a couple of pops and ate. That's it. Did, did, did the family watch with you, or was it more of a solo just affair? Just Ty and I. That's it. Uh, good. Ladies were away. Cool. All right. Uh, national championship game on ESPN 690 tonight at seven. I'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good night.